Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, the head soccer coach for uh, the uh, De La Salle uh, boys, and I'll be doing a lot of work with the girls. And, uh, and of course, I'm the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. We always start off our show with a prayer. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for giving us this show, uh, giving us all this equipment to put on a good show. There's millions of podcasts out there, but uh, we're able to do it the right way. Praying Thanksgiving for that. Pray that we'll be able to continue to grow the game, um, especially in the Gulf South, and try to get it the attention that it deserves. Uh, and we ask that we always do you well and glorify you as we do so. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, y'all, we've been off the air for a couple of weeks. Um, um, for those of you who are teachers and coaches, you understand. For those of you who are not, the last two weeks of May are just horrendously busy. Uh, between graduation, final exams, uh, club tryouts, and, uh, and tournaments, and just too much, okay? And, uh, and I don't like just winging a show together, and tonight we definitely don't have a winged show for you. We have a really good show for you tonight, and uh, I, I don't like putting out... Uh, a substandard show, but tonight is definitely not substandard. Um, we're, we're talking, of course, uh, to, we're going to talk to four coaches tonight, and we're talking, of course, about the uh, Louisiana State Cup, okay, the highest uh, division that you can play in. Um, and um, uh, we just have some tremendous stories from this. Just reporting the scores is not enough. You got to hear the stories behind the scores. And that's what's really inspirational. And that's really what the kids need to be uh, able to, uh, to be um, exposed, you know, like ha have these stories told. And uh, um, as, as I've always said, you know, club soccer kind of gets a raw deal in course to the media. High school soccer less so because a lot of people can identify with the high schools that they went to. But club club ball, look, in all the other sports, you can have 20 state champions for an age group. Okay, so it gets to the point where, you know, your state champions, rah, rah, yeah, whatever. And uh, you, it's like you pay your fees, you get your Bs, you know. Uh, but in this case, you win a state championship. You've won the state championship for your age group. That's it. There's two divisions. Division one uh, goes to the uh, the the U.S. Youth Nationals, and Division two goes to the President's Cup. And that's it. You have you have two state champions in each age group. That's it. And um, and so. I really think the media outlets don't understand that, and it's kind of hard to explain that to them when you have maybe 10 state champions in the 13-year-old age group for boys or girls, baseball or softball, you know? So I get that, too. You want something that's really newsworthy, and I think this is newsworthy. Y'all, we have on our show tonight uh, a great uh, lineup of coaches. We start off the show um, after we have our break in a minute. We're going to start off the show uh Talking about um, talking to the state uh, the state championship uh, team from Baton Rouge. Uh, that's uh, Coach Roger Sharkap, and then uh, and then we talked to a legend in his own time, uh, uh, Nick Chetta. And we talked to one of the real accomplished coaches that we have too in the state, Rowdy Baltoff. And then we finish off talking to Stephen Erker, who's basically got a diamond in the rough with his team. Uh, stay tuned. Listen to his uh, team's accomplishments. The FC Tammany Tigers. Okay, I, I, I've never heard of them before. Not in detail. I'll wait till you hear their story on Monday Night Football. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a break, play our commercials. Then when we come back, we'll start interviewing these coaches on Monday Night Football. Uh, we'll see you after the break. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community 
committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DelaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DelaSalleNOLA.com. Welcome to the show, Coach Roger. Is it Charcap? Yeah, Charcap, just like it's spelled. Okay, and I uh, didn't want to mispronounce it. Congratulations on winning state. Uh, how did it go for y'all? Uh, appreciate it. Um, it was, uh, I mean, the, it was a 3-0 game, but it was definitely a tough game. We earned, we earned all three goals. So it wasn't like, you know, nothing was given to us. We had to go out there and get it. So I was, I was pleased with the way that, you know, we handled, we handled that and we we got one off of a corner kick, just a, a really nice goal. Girl just kicked a corner straight in and to take the 1-0 lead, um, you know, going into halftime, it was 1-0 and the second half, we just, we definitely stepped up our intensity for sure. Um, we got another goal off of a set piece ball, just kind of bounced over the back line. Girl got in, flicked it over the keeper to go up 2-0, and then we kind of sealed it. That was with about 20 minutes left, maybe. And then okay. we kind of sealed, we sealed with about, I would say, probably about 15 minutes left to get get the third. Just kind of real, real good individual effort from our right winger. Uh, just kind of took a girl 1v1, dribbled to the near post, slipped the ball across, and girl was just there to tap it in, kind of like how we, you know, how you draw it up. So. That kind of that kind of sealed it there with the three zero, but it was never uh never never comfortable for sure. They I mean they they played us they played us hard for sure. Yeah, I don't know if, if you agree with me. And by the way, I appreciate the guest host. What's her name or his name? Who's that? The 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 uh, baby in the background. Oh, <laughs> uh, both both of them. It's uh, Oliver and Beckett. All right, I welcome them to the show too. Two, two future stars, I would imagine. But uh, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I do. I am one of those coaches that believe that when you're winning two nothing or you're losing two nothing, the next goal is going to win the game. And uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's just a momentum swing. So yeah, you don't have to explain to me how stressful you were when it was two zero that whole time. And uh, and so now, are the are, are they excited about regionals, even though they're going to be played in Baton Rouge? Oh yeah, I mean we had we had a we had a heartbreaker last year in the state finals, so this was kind of you know two years in the making for us for sure. So I know, like I said, they they played. I couldn't ask for a better effort from them this weekend, and I know. I know it wasn't just to win state, but it was it was to go on to regionals and you know hopefully hopefully you know the to break bracket, which is kind of you know it's always kind of a dream of all the Louisiana teams to do. Right, right. What teams did you have to play for in state? Uh, we played the Dynamo O three girls in the semis, and then we played LA Fire O three girls in the finals. Okay, so that wasn't chopped liver for sure, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean Dy Dynamo. We had played them in league play, and we kind of, you know, I was kind of worried because we we handled them pretty well, but I knew that's not what was going to, you know, it's a semifinal. Right. So I knew I knew they were going to come. They, they kind of just, they're super organized, physical, athletic, um, definitely made it tough for us. We were, we were fortunate to kind of get, we got one kind of early, just kind of a scrum in the box to kind of settle the nerves in. And then I thought we kind of dictated the game after that. But like I said, it was 2-0 it was at half, and it ended up 2-0, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a blowout by any means. I mean, we were limited on chances. I would say maybe, you know, maybe four or five decent looks on goal, and we were able to capitalize on two of them. So, excellent. What What does it mean uh, for you and 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 uh, really the whole club uh, to be able to host the regionals? Like, uh, what kind of momentum does that bring to the club? Uh, I mean, it definitely brings a lot. Of, it definitely brings a lot of money to the club, which is huge. Um, but I think just just you know, we get to show off our resources. You know, our fields. Uh, the city, which is important. I know it's, you know, the city's going to be making millions of dollars with, you know, restaurants, hotels and all that good stuff. So that, that's huge. It's huge for Baton Rouge. And hopefully, you know, we have some some non, non-casual non soccer fans maybe come out and really experience and watch some good soccer, especially some younger kids. Right. And then hopefully, you know, that, that'll hopefully gauge their interest a little bit more, um, especially in the summer. There's not, you know, there's no football, no, no real, you know, basketball stuff going on. So hopefully we can kind of, be their uh their main target this summer and uh from what i can gather most of the most of the regional tournaments there's no way they can deal with the heat and uh do you have any special plans with the heat um i i think as of right now it's just uh you know more more and longer water breaks is kind of the the plan that that i'm hearing um they okay. kind of they kind of experimented with that at state cup a little bit they did unlimited subs at uh at um 
at state cup as well. I don't know if that's going to be brought up, you know, instead of the normal, you know, no, no reentry for half per player. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they let us do unlimited subs. They, uh, you know, we had about a two, three minute water break. I know there's, there's some heat index thing that they use for the fields, which determines kind of the number of water breaks. I mean, I'm expecting it to be hot in July here. Of course. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, especially, you know, the teams that aren't used to it with that humidity as well. So, you know, at least we're training in it so we can kind of somewhat get used and you still don't get used to it, but, you know, at least be out there in the heat and experience it. And hopefully, you know, we can use that to our advantage as well. Okay. And uh, just before we go, um, who's one of your outstanding players? Um, I'm kind of thinking about that because somebody had asked me that earlier, but really this, I mean, this weekend, the, the, it was, it was really a team effort. Like I'm all, all 17 players contributed. Um, every single person did what they needed to do for us. Um, you know, our back line was solid. We didn't give up our goal. Um, our keeper made saves when she needed to. And then, um, I mean, no, we scored five goals. We had, you know, one player scored two and then we had three others score one. So it wasn't like, you know, just one real standout player, but I mean, it, it was really like legitimately a team effort. I know, I know it's just kind of coaches talk, but it really was this weekend or this past weekend for us to, to win state. We, we wouldn't have been able to do it if every single, you know, not every single player stepped up and did their role. Yeah. To me, that's not coaches talk to me. Championship teams do exactly that. And, uh, sounds like you got one there, coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on the air and, um, uh, and I hope that we'll be interviewing you again in a month, uh, for going, so. <laughs> going to nationals. Okay. I enjoyed it. Have, have a good one, man. Okay. Enjoy those children. They're priceless. All right. Thanks coach. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Coach Roger Charcap. Uh, we'll take a break right now, and uh, when we come back, uh, there'll be more Monday Night Football coming right, right at you. Uh, we'll see you after the break. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook. Or call us at 504-577-3131. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're now here with legendary coach Nick Chetta and uh, uh, a guy who just cannot stop winning state championships. Uh, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the inside information, I interviewed him already, and uh, through the wonders of pathetic uh, technology management, I erased it. <laughs> so this is our second go-round. But anyway, welcome back to the show, Coach. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for being so kind. Okay, no problem. And uh, uh, this year has obviously been very special to you with the uh, with the uh, North Lake Christian uh, State Championship. Um, uh, how do these state championships uh, compare that you just went through a week ago? Oh man, they're uh, they're they're very special. They're like as I always say, it's like you don't go into the season like thinking that you're going to win a state championship. That's a that's a goal, but. Uh, just to see them, uh, the players work so hard and, uh, you know, fight and, and fight adversity during the season and just uh, continue to work and uh, learn from each other and, uh, you know, trust the process. And then just to be able to win a state championship, is it's very special at any level. And so I'm very proud of these guys. Now, these girls really had, had this wasn't their first rodeo. Uh, what really made them fired up for this, for this go-round? Oh yeah, last year we won state, and uh, we were very fortunate to show very well uh, at North Carolina at the regional three championships, and we reached the semifinals. And um, you know, we ended up losing a team that got to the nationals uh, in Dallas, and you know, it was a three-two game. It was kind of a heartbreak because we gave up a goal with uh, no time left. Um, and uh, you know, the le lessons that they've learned uh, over the course of the year. I think will benefit them coming back at regionals because, you know, they're, they're a hungry bunch. They're, like I said before, they're easy to coach. Uh, they always come to work. And, um, you know, I'm just excited that they'll have another ch a chance at uh, going to regionals. What makes them so easy to coach? They just want it. Um, you, know, you know, sometimes you have teams that, you know, you have to show them how to want it. And, 
that takes a process in itself. And the fact is this group, uh, they come in every single day ready to go and um, they're easy to coach and they're very coachable. And they, um, they, they just, as I said, they want it. They're always at practice. They always want to train more. Um, and, you know, it's a very unique, special group. So it's been a blessing to, um, to coach them. Uh, do you really run into a problem with these girls that, uh, of their like inter school rivalries, like, uh, where they're from and, um, where they're probably going to go to school? No, no. And, um, they're boys. It's so, so like, they don't, they don't have, um, they're very, they're, they're, they're a unique group. Uh, they, they just friends. And so they said, they actually support each other. So I had some guys at Lake Shore and some guys at uh, St. Paul's and both of them this year got to the state championship. So it was really special to see them um, support each other at the stadium. Cause um, as, as we said before, North Lake was there. So I was able to be there um, and support them as well. So it was a very unique situation. And uh, I think a lot of experience was gained um, from high school as well. Uh, so they're a very unique group. They love each other. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sorry for saying girls, by the way. I just interviewed a girls coach. But, um, okay, no, no worries. <laughs> you, you interview a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the uh, I did see that in, in Lafayette, in the state championships for high school, that uh, that there, I could tell that, that, you know, the North Shore, the people from different high schools were actually rooting for each other when they weren't on the field. And um, that that's hard to come by. What, what do you think causes that? I just think they love the sport and um, they you know in club, you know, clubs, you know, year round and they take a three month, four month break from uh, club just to play high school. And, you know, that they're, they're lifelong friends and some of these guys have been playing with each other since they were 10, 11 years old, maybe even earlier. And so at the end of the day, it's just the, the, the love for each other and the sport of soccer. So, you know, it's a it's a great thing when you see you know, a community come together and support each other, not just, you know, rivalries and you can't go for this team and that team. But, you know, I was, I was very pleased to see, um, you know, like you said, see that the the camaraderie uh, with the North shore was there and everybody was supporting each other. So, you know, it was, it was a blessing to see that. Yeah, it really, really was evident, you know? And uh, so how do you handle a North Lake Christian versus a Lakeshore game? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh you know i used to not and that's the truth is like the same with saint paul's um i used to try my best not to schedule those games because you know i don't I personally don't like going after you know and, and tactics and everything of you know weaknesses in the areas of my own players because you know they're great kids and you know when you when we did play Lakeshore and we have played St. Paul's and the last time we played St. Paul's we tied 1-1 which was a huge that's uh, amazing <laughs> yeah but that was kind of the time where I'm like I don't I don't know because I had some players that played for me in club on that team and you know I told my guys they don't like it when you do this and they don't like it when you do that and I, I just I felt bad and I got the result but at the same time it's, it's difficult because you really care for that kid and so I try my best not to schedule um, high school games with most of my club players. Uh, but this year I did play Lakeshore and Chris Penn does a fantastic job. And uh, it, we ended up losing three to one, but I have like four guys on that team. And, you know, actually the goalkeeper, Jacob Morales, had a phenomenal game against us. And uh, Ryan Jonfro, um, who plays outside back for me in club, scored uh, a goal against us. Um, so it was just, you know, it was nice to see uh, them flourish in their own little systems and uh, see them being coached by their coaches because it shows that they're coachable. And, you know, I'm just I've been very impressed uh, uh, about that. But as I said in the beginning, I try not to coach against them just because I, I love all my players. and I don't I never want to I guess go after them, if you would. Tell you what, we have somewhat a lot of things in common because uh, I'm like that too. When I was the head coach at Shaw, I, I, I was hell bent not to score, you know, schedule West Bank teams, and nobody could understand why. But that was it, you know. And uh, yeah. I, I get that. I really do get that. Now, uh, on our last conversation, you mentioned you had a pure goal scorer. Could you tell everybody about him again? Oh yeah, on the uh, on the 16s that you have a kid named Ashton Mouton. He's uh, He's at St. Paul's right now. He's a sophomore. 
Now that whole team is very talented with, you know, we have a Caleb Nakotri, you know, Jeb's in the middle. We have an Axel Henderson, our back line with Fidelian and Carter, very good. Our goalkeepers outstanding, I said, Jacob Rouse, but our, our striker Ashton is, um, as I said before, it's, it's like our country as a whole lacks goal scorers and the other countries, you know, they have that guy that can just score one or two chances and make a difference in a game. And, Ashton has developed that talent and that ability where, you know, when a team doesn't know him, he can put two in before you blink. And uh, even even if you do know him, because in the championship game, he got two chances in three minutes and made it two nothing. And it, it, it's a tough grind. And Matt Millett's a great coach in fire. But, you know, no one likes to be down two that early because it's just a it's a rude awakening. And um, yeah. sometimes you can't regain form. But he's got the ability to score goals and bunches and Last year at regionals, he he scored four in the first game against North Texas, and then he scored uh, in the quarters and uh, semis. Um, he ended up having six goals, and he had actually sat out two and a half games due to an ankle injury. So scoring six goals in that level, That's playing something. that, it's it's just incredible. And uh, <laughs> you know, he was he was in the running for Golden Boot in the tournament. Some guy had seven or eight, but he played the whole thing. So I, I truly believe it. He's in form. He, he's got a shot to uh, make a name for himself this week. Uh, sorry, a couple weeks. All right, that sounds awesome. Well, um, uh, I would be remiss to, to just tell you, God bless you, and, and, and I'd like you to share with everybody uh, for a minute or two how God plays a role in your coaching. Oh, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, I say this all the time, and, you know, some people think I'm too much, and that's fine. Uh, I just hope and pray for them, but... You know, God, God is always around me and he's got his hands on me. And, uh, you know, I, I told you last time, like some people are doctors and everything and, and, and can reach people that way in their occupations. And, and God wanted me to be a coach um, and a teacher and educator. And, you know, it's just an opportunity to teach life into these kids. And it's not just about soccer. Uh, soccer is just a great tool for it, but it's a, about teaching life and, you know, they're kids and they work hard and they try to please you at the end of the day, you just want to make them good people. And, and we, we stress, we, even in club ball, we stress the relationship with Christ and we pray before every game. And, you know, I, I talk to him about God all the time and especially at North Lake, because you know, that, that school, you know, it's a Christian school and that's what, that's what we believe in the, in the school system, but it's a little different than the club world, but it's a unique group. Um, they're very close and, you know, they accept how I am and, Actually, some of them are, are on that on that page and that level, and it's just a beautiful thing. And God has definitely honored us and blessed us this year. That's just that just uh, is like music to my ears. Well, Coach, yeah. uh, I really do. Again, wish you God's blessings and God's speed, and uh, I hope that we're interviewing you in a month uh, on your latest regional championship. <laughs> okay, oh, that would be such an incredible story. So. I'll okay. be praying for that, but I'm just going to be praying that we represent the state uh, age group uh, to our best. And uh, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right. Well, we'll see you later. Okay. Uh, have yes, a good sir. time getting ready for it. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And that's Coach Nick Chetta. Uh, I kind of tease him. I call him a legend. And uh, and quite frankly, what he has done is legendary. Uh, if he was to retire today, he'd be a Hall of Fame coach and and really LHSAA and in club soccer. And and he's just really getting started. And uh, uh, that is a story within itself. And I hope soccer gets big enough um, so that uh, stories like this won't just be heard on a soccer show. Uh, he should be renowned statewide. And uh, I'm doing my best over here with Monday Night Football. But uh, uh, if he, if we continue to grow the sport, I'm telling you, he's going to be considered one of the one of the big uh, guys to have ever coached this game. Okay, well that's it for for this. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Coach Raddy or Raddy Baltoff uh, from Shreveport. He's got an amazing story to tell as well from the state championships on Monday Night Football. We'll see you after the break.
It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go, wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hey, Coach. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. Uh, no, no problem. <laughs> I'm very sorry no. about the technical difficulties, but it'll be nice to talk to you a second time. <laughs> okay, no problem. Well, um, tell us about your experience winning state this year as, as compared to the years past uh, in this tournament. You had a special time, it, it seems to me. It was it was a little different in the sense that we moved from 99. You know, we won two state championships at U11 and U12 as a 99 team. And then we had to expand to 11 v 11. It's a larger field and, you know, so we didn't, uh, we didn't know how it's going to go, but it, it turned out okay. We we have not lost a game all year against Louisiana competition, and we're ranked number one going to the going to the tournament. But uh, you know, you never know. So we you know we we just hope for the best, play our best, and it turned out okay. I'm kind of curious. Um, now you've just played in Dallas this weekend, and of course you got to play in Baton Rouge for regionals. Do you notice uh, a major differences in the way the games are refereed uh, uh, as you leave Shreveport? Yes, I've been I've been all around the country. Uh, I just went to also went to ECNL um, Nationals in San Diego about a month ago, and. And especially in Texas, uh, talking about Dallas and Houston and, and looking at those tournaments and games and even looking at the D academies, they're all like, they allow more physical play and kind of, you know, it's more aggressive and the kids are just, you know, so much more prepared as far as the, the physical battle on the field. And soccer is a very physical game, as we all know. Yeah. And here in Louisiana, it's kind of a little softer style, you know, uh, kids are not accustomed to the f so much the physical part. And once they go to some of those bigger cities and bigger leagues, uh, where the kids are used to it since they've been very, very little, our kids at the beginning are a little stunned and, you know, just, wow, what's going on, you know? So they're trying to cope with that, with the physical part. So that's, I think that's the biggest difference between, um, our soccer here in Louisiana and in some of those bigger, bigger markets and with a higher level of play, including ECNL and uh, Developmental Academy. I tell you what, the way I've the way I've dealt with that kind of problem is bring, quite frankly, bringing my t teams to Europe. Uh, uh, do you think that that would be a a, a better uh, idea, or do you think really just going around Texas and California will get the kids? Tough enough to handle the physicality. It's, it, it's good. It's good to it's good to go around around the country and you know expose them to, to you know higher level of play and tournaments and for example we with with our teams here we always if they're our top team in the club we always try to go to the top bracket. But to answer your question about you know going to Texas and we do that uh, in Europe and all of those things. It's the unfortunate thing is the cost, as as we all know. It's, yes, it's the pay pay to play concept is one of the one of the things that the higher level you play, the more money you pay. So that's uh, that's not always that's not always <laughs> convenient to a lot of the people cannot afford that. Going to Europe, and I grew up in Europe. I play in Europe. I play professionally in Europe. Myself, you know, I grew up in the club that it was no pay. Uh, it was just everything was free, including including the soccer shoes and the sneakers and you know and everything else and travel and food and hotels and but it's just the cost of play. I know a lot of teams do fundraising and they go to say Gautier Cup and Copa Catalonia in Spain and all around Europe and in England of course them you know. But it's just it's a lot of cost involved. I, I wish we can do that often and travel more, but it of course, it involves a lot of cost. 
Yeah, and and if you've been listening to our show for a while, you know, that's one of the main demons that I'm trying to fight. I don't think we're ever going to get into the top five range with this pay-for-play system. And uh, I'd like to see it changed. It's, it's, it's changing slowly, especially in those major league soccer clubs. They're all the kids in their D academies, they're, you know, they're free of charge. But of course, with us here in Louisiana, we, we're doing what we, you know, we're doing our best. It's just going to be tough to, to have uh, a, a free, free tuition for even our very, very top teams, unless there are bigger uh, corporate sponsors and you know club sponsors and you know basically the the state to be involved because in most of those countries in Europe for example even to some degree in South America it's a it's a it's a country's policy you know politics you know it's big, the country supports soccer as the biggest sport in the world they support us and that's why a lot of those top clubs and top leagues they're free, you know, for the for the kids that play. So it's starting here with Major League Soccer and some of those other DA academies, which is a great thing to do. Uh, here in Louisiana, we're a little bit, you know, far away from that, but you know, hopefully, it's going to happen soon. I sure hope sooner than later. <laughs> hopefully, yes. <laughs> hopefully, sooner than later. So, but but it's nice to go and see. And you know, I have I travel a lot. I see a lot of. Have a lot of connections, and I, you know, I take my kids to go and guest play and stuff like that. But I mean, those say Atlanta United and even FC Dallas in Dallas and all those, you know, the kids just go jump on the plane and go to Europe and South America and and play the Real Madrids of the world and Barcelona and you know Pumas and you know Chivas and all of those and right. everything is free. It's just everything. I mean, it's just. It's it's just very very different, and uh, the competition to go and make those teams is, of course, it's very very difficult <laughs> because they bring kids from all over, all over the country now. So it's and you see those practices, and you you, you, you see those practices, and you part of those practices. I mean, the, those practices are harder than their actual games. Yes, because everybody's just fighting for their spot. <laughs> I know. We went. I went. To, I brought my team to Denmark a few years back, and uh, we got a chance to train next to uh, Cruz Azul. And my uh, my respect for the Mexican professional league went way up. And <laughs> uh, about eight coaches coaching. The head coach just sat down, <laughs> and uh, they yes. just never stopped moving. It was it was imp <laughs> it was impressive. Well, look, let's yes. go back. Go. Let's go back to your team. Uh, so they transitioned to the eleven of eleven game uh, pretty well. You said. Uh, what was their major problem uh, going into the 11 v 11 game? I mean, major problem was adjusting to the width and the length of the field, but specifically the width. You know, they're playing on the smaller field, say 80 by 50, and a lot of those fields even are smaller in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of our wide players were just staying basically 20, 20 yards in, inside from the sideline. So it was tough. Yeah. Took us took me a couple of months to to you know, to give them a little better idea and training to, to create width as one of the major attacking principles, you know, to have width and to have depth on the field. And that was uh, one of the, one of our biggest problems uh, on the tactical side. Uh, the physical part, it was okay. You know, you can, you can, you know, of course you can manipulate that, the, their physical abilities with doing soccer specific training and things yes. like that. So we were okay with that. Uh, tactically, you know, adding more players and you know, covering, covering a larger, larger field. You know, we had to work a lot on, you know, support and shifting and cover and balance and staying compact, being compact, which was much easier when you play nine v nine. Now on the bigger field, you know, we try to, you know, to to deny space to the other teams by staying compact and, you know, shifting together as a team. But that was that was one of the major major uh, problems we had okay. to adjust to. And of course, we're still working on it. We, we're <laughs> far away from being, you know. <laughs> I was about to say, if you are... If you... <laughs> no, we haven't done it now. Don't get me wrong. No, we're working every day on that stuff. I'm well, getting better. Little by little, we're getting 
we're getting better there. So, well, I was about to keep you after we hung up uh, for the show and just ask you how the heck you you did that because I find getting kids to play the with they just it's so hard for them to understand that. And I, I've seen top level teams even, uh, you know, just giving up thirty yards of field. You know, uh, it's 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 nauseating uh, looking it, at that. It it does. It it just takes a lot of. A lot of uh, to recognize those coachable moments and stop it without giving lectures. Of course, you know it's, yeah. it's one of the things I try not to do is stop the players and talk for like five minutes what they should and shouldn't do. It's just a quick coaching point here and there and make them realize what what they should do better and they give it answer. As you know, and it's like the, the guided discovery things that when you go and don't just give it to them, don't give them the the answer. Just let them come to it as quickly as you can of course without without giving lectures during practice time so right and right. without stopping them too often because a lot of coaches every every five seconds every every three minutes they stop and they talk for a minute or two you know and the kids just getting frustrated because of that but you have to find a good balance which i try to do i'm not saying i have i i try to do it and just find the coachable moments when to teach that the width and depth and you know of course decision making and all those tactical things that we're trying to do so excellent okay uh just a couple more questions uh your outstanding players who who, who really stands out on this team we have we have a couple of we have a couple of kids you know was a team you know it's i mean we have actually we really do have a lot of good players and they've been staying together you know, for the last five years, including the U9 Academy, U9, U10, and now the three years of competitive soccer. I mean, starting starting in the back, we have, you know, we have Daniel Lee, we have Brett Pernell, we have Turner Hubbard. In the midfield, we have a lot of good players like David Rojas, uh, Andrew Sharp, Trip, Trip Romer, Alexander Baltov, which, who, is my, who is my son. He's He's on the... He's on the original original pool. He did the original pool last year. And uh, up top, we have Garrett Gillette and we have um, Carter Ibarp. We have, you know, a lot of, a lot of good players. We talked about this on the last phone call, but uh, uh, I pretend we never did. Uh, how hard is it to coach your son? It is very hard. It is, it is very, very hard. Most people... And experts recommend not to coach your own kids because your expectations are much higher and you show even more frustration, you know, coaching your own kid, which, you know, I find that this is a true, true thing to do. And, you know, for me, it was just, it's a difficult thing. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, I've done it now. I, I coached my own daughter as well at the 2008, she's 2008, but. And after this year, you know, I'm not going to be coaching that that team again. After the regionals, we have another coach that's going to step over just because of the same reason. I have been coaching my own boy for like the last three years, but but I found it very very difficult to continue just because of of him and my high expectations and kind of taking the fun out of out of him, so to speak. I mean, trying to be positive and all those things, but being your own kid, you feel like more inclined to you know to be tougher and to you know to to so but anyway so yeah I get, to explain, I get, but no not but it, not not well might you might think that you're not explaining it i totally get all of that and uh the only thing different from my experience is that i i usually found like when you have to have fairness of play and and the younger levels that like some leagues have this 50 percent rule and uh it would always be my kid i took out so that way i should wouldn't show favoritism when in reality yeah, yeah. my kid was the last person i wanted to take out but i right. did anyway you know which is I mean, not fair to them yeah you you think you think of all of those things of course the playing time is one of the biggest issues one of the biggest issues uh of, of youth soccer and with your own kid being on the team i never had any problems with that you know taking you know with the playing time i've been very fair with, with him and the other kids so that's never come up i just thought on the personal level that i need to I need to move on or kind of let go, and which I will do after, after again after the regionals in three weeks. 
there's yeah. going to be another coach taking over for that very sole reason. You know, I know the, the kids will continue to improve, you know, under me and being back to back to back state champs, which again, winning titles and winning games is important. But most important thing is to develop the players, individual players, that is, and then put them into a team environment and give them the best chance to succeed. But again, as far as the, I knew I could do, I could go on and on, but mm-hmm. back to that, just coaching your own kids, it's, that's one of the, 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 the only reasons I'm stepping down as a coach of this excellent team yes. and excellent parents and everything else because of my own kid. You know, I just don't want to completely take the fun out of, out of him to play soccer. You know? Yeah, so, it's, uh, so that's, that's my main reason. Yeah, well, I tell you, uh, I'm kind of jealous because I didn't do that. And now I can't go back and just be my kid's fan, you know, just be in the stands cheering for him. Although I'm thinking the whole time, I wish he was doing this, I wish he was doing that. But just it's a little different animal when you're cheering and the kids get to experience you cheering for him. So, you know, y'all have still good times to come and I'm sure you're going to develop another team just as excellently. Uh, that's your track record. <laughs> so I, I hope so, yeah. And the younger <laughs> teams coming up, the girls, 2008, they're number one again in the state with a lot of good players. You know, it's like developing those kids. Well, what it's is this? what we do as coaches, so. Uh, yes. What does this mean to the Shreveport area? This will be my last question. Like uh, y'all being able to go to regionals. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, regionals, hopefully nationals. I mean, this, again, as you know, this doesn't happen very often. You know, we, we, we have some, you know, teams that go all the way and win the state championship and go to the regionals, but it doesn't happen very often. And it means, it means a lot. It means for, for us that are coaching professionals, you know, that, do this game for a living. It means that, you know, we've done something right and that the club is doing well with not just myself, but the, the rest of the coaches. Uh, we talked the last time that we're very proud of our coaching staff with the coaching education we have in the club. We have four A licensed coaches, five B licensed coaches. You know, we take them, we pay for their education. And the results are the results are coming, not just again, not just as a team, because I truly believe that a youth soccer should be about developing individual good players, not just team, not just teams, but everybody likes to win. But the most important part is to have a great individual player development and put those players in the team and give them a chance to succeed. And, and of course everybody likes to win, which is not not the most important thing in youth soccer other than the development. But when you develop good players, then you have a lot of those. Therefore, you may have great team as well. So right. those things are together. You know, I heard people say, oh, this coach just coached to win and go and kick the ball. For-. I mean, what, what does that mean? Everybody's trying to win <laughs> games, yeah. but yeah. it's about individual player development. It drives our parents nuts that uh, we might have a kid who probably is the best goalie on our team, but we let somebody else play goalie just to see if, you know, uh, we have missed, uh, you know, uh, judging this person and giving this person a chance to just prove that they can learn how to play play the goalie position. And maybe they might be even greater given time and some coaching, you know. But uh, you got to be willing to lose games to do that. And that drives yeah. a lot of my parents nuts. But uh, if you're a good coach, you're not going to let that drive you nuts. Sure. You know, you just let it sure, go. Sure, sure. <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah, but go and explain that to the parents, right? That's the, <laughs> that's the philosophy of the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Coach, I hope we're going to be talking to you in a month. And uh, congratulations to you and all this report. And, uh, and I wish you nothing but the best in regionals. Sure. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate right. you. And uh, best of luck to you as well. God bless you. Sure. All Thanks. Right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and that's Coach uh, Raddy Baltoff. And uh, I tell you what, um, in the state, we are not lacking in high-quality coaches. Uh, I don't know, top to bottom, if um, if our coaching is as good as it used to be. Uh, I'm talking really high school and, and club uh, together. But in the upper echelons, like uh, he mentioned, they have four A-licensed coaches. 
Wow. Okay, I remember getting my national license in Shreveport and uh, at LSU Shreveport many moons ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to take a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Urker, and uh, and uh, we're going to hear his experience of winning state on Monday Night Football, your voice of youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. Uh, we have on on the line now uh, one of the great players of Louisiana soccer, now great coach, uh, Stephen Arker. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, you are, coach. Okay, good. Well, welcome to the show. And uh, uh, I want to offer you double congratulations because you're coaching at Covington Youth Soccer Association, which uh, uh, y'all mixed it up with the big ones, and you came out champions. What, what was that like? Um, yeah, well, we're, um, we're, we're just ecstatic. Uh, Covington FC, FC Tammany Tigers, 0203, just won uh, their fourth consecutive C1 Louisiana State Cup um, this past weekend in Gonzales, Louisiana, and uh, you know, thrilled about that particular result. Got a great group of girls, been working very hard for a long time, very committed, very ambitious, and um, it's been a privilege to coach them thus far. Um, and so for the last three years, y'all have gone to regionals. That is correct. Wow. How did y'all make out the last two times? The last two times, we have been one goal short on, on goal differential from breaking bracket. And it's a, a subject that is very sore to my team. And it's a point that I, I often bring up in terms of uh, impressing upon them that the need to capitalize for any and all scoring opportunities in a game because we've been on the wrong side of the goal differential tiebreaker the past two years at um, the Southern Regional Championships and just trying to get the team to the mindset that that every opportunity matters, that when you have a competition such as the Southern Regional Championships in which the worst team there generally is the state champion, uh, the little things add up, including uh, in goal differential. But we got a great squad. We won the um, this is also the second year in a row we won the National League Mid-South Conference title. Uh, we went undefeated again uh, this year in that regard, playing the top teams from Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Louisiana, and the Panhandle of Florida. And uh, we also uh, competed this year in the National League National Tier, which is reserved for the top 32 teams in USU soccer. And we finished third in our pod competing against the very best teams across the country. So we feel like uh, we're, uh, we're well-seasoned and uh, are very ambitious going into this year's regional championship. And, and being that they're going to be in Baton Rouge, that's a lot less uh, intimidation you have to work on. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The parents are very excited because uh, they've been having to travel to North Carolina and South Carolina for the past couple of years. And as you know, um, you, even an event like regionals, even if you if you just stay just for the opening ceremonies and bracket play is a is a four night commitment. So uh, there's obviously there's costs that are involved in, in elite club sports. Um, so we were excited one that we get to save some dollars and uh, some travel expenses, but two, also I think it's great for Louisiana soccer. We try to be an ambassador for Louisiana soccer. And I think it's wonderful to have uh, region three's best teams come to compete in our own backyard. So um, looking forward to the opportunity. Okay, so this team has been really, really uh, making noise for years. Um, what makes them stand out so much? What what, what about them uh, causes them to have all this success? Well, um, that's a good question. And, um, and I guess there are a couple of different ways to answer it. One, 
I have a tremendous core group of players um, that has been together from the time that they were approximately 11 years old. And uh, this group has been very dedicated, very committed, has worked very hard for a long, long time. And we've been able to compete regionally and nationally um, through... I guess, you know, a focus on on pretty intense training. Another thing that I think has been very important to our success is that this group is very well seasoned in the sense that they have traveled throughout the United States from the age of 10 and 11 years old to, you know, purposely seeking out the best teams around. Uh, this is a team that when they were, you know, had had played in Atlanta three times by the time they were 11 years old. They've competed in major platinum level tournaments in Houston and Dallas and in Birmingham and in Atlanta, et cetera, from an early, early age. So they're not intimidated by the competition and they have been regularly exposed to the, the highest levels of club soccer for a long, long time. They, you know, we are uh, one that the Disney Soccer Showcase last year, first team from Louisiana to ever go undefeated in that regard. They've been a finalist and a semifinalist two years in a row at the prestigious Jefferson Cup. Um, so they've they're used to playing teams that uh, from super clubs, so to say, are around the United States, um, and it, it, it's kind of helped prepare them for for success in the latter years in the regional and national level competitions. I tell you, the more you were talking, the more I'm just thinking that, okay, here I am. I'm a soccer enthusiast, I'd like to think, and I'm trying to get soccer to grow. And this is the first time I'm hearing about any of this stuff. Uh, why? What's your <laughs> what, what is your what is your thoughts on that? Well, um, I don't know if it, unfortunately we live in a, a football dominated culture uh, in the sense that uh, the soccer uh, doesn't get uh, the publicity or the narrative that it should. But you know, we're Louisiana is a very small soccer market, and and I recognize that because it's all I did as a kid. I loved this game. I played I played the game at its highest levels until injury. My wife did the same. We're you know, it's just um, I knew uh, when I first started coaching that the sun, the soccer sun, did not rise and slide L and set in Lake Charles. That that it was a it was a and that's and again, no disregard that it was a much much broader soccer. World out there yeah uh we're we're, come, we're we're a little club too you yeah. know we've got i mean for example we were we just got back from the houston uh that's what they call the texas shootout where we played some of the very very top teams in the country we played solar chelsea we played dallas sting and uh and you you go to some of those clubs dallas texans for example they have they have over 700 teams Right. <laughs> we, we, we have we have we don't have 300 players in our entire program. All right. So we've been punching well above our weight for a long, long time. Um, and, and, you know, and, and that's one of the rings, one of the, the many reasons why I'm so proud of this particular team is that um, they have been able to compete head to head with these so-called super clubs around the United States and to have and have represented in my opinion Louisiana soccer very 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 well. And another thing, you know, what's unusual about my team is that um they're also we're essentially a, a team that's playing a year up. So we compete regionally and nationally in the U17 um age group, but uh we have a high a uh, very high percentage of our team are either 2003s or their late 2002, since they were still just sophomores. So we are competing regionally and nationally, and the bulk of our team is is playing a year up, which I think makes their results even that much more remarkable. Uh, I would say phenomenal. You know, um, I guess it would make no sense to split them up into age groups and to weaken them. Well, we were worried when the age, when the, when the, the yeah, powers the that be decided, yeah. right, to go to the pure age. Uh, group because we don't have big numbers. We have quality, but we don't have quantity. So 
we weren't really sure how we were going to fare in terms of our competitiveness on that first year that we were competing um, in the, in the pure age uh, paradigm. But as it turns out, we we you know won the Louisiana Classic Soccer League, and then we won the state cup, and then we. Went on and won, re, uh, didn't win regionals. So say we won the, was then called the Southern Regional Premier League in that first year. So it turned out well for us. But you know, I've I've never really though been a big believer in age. I, I think it, I think talent and commitment uh, at a certain age, at a certain once you get to a certain point of physical maturity, age is just a number. So um, we are accustomed to playing teams that are bigger, stronger, faster, and older than us. And because we've also used that as a developmental tool, we've purposely sought teams who fit that, um, that makeup in order, in an effort to make us better. I understand. Well, um, uh, tell some of your better players, uh, who, who really stands out for you? Well, I got, uh, I got a, I got a great group of players. I'd hate to, to single out uh, any of them, but I will say that uh, um, we we've our representation on the high school ball is this. All right, we have uh, three outstanding players from uh, Saint Scholastica Academy. We have five outstanding players from Mandeville High. We have a one. Uh, one of our stars is from Newman High School. We have uh, two terrific players from North Shore High School. We have two terrific players from Hannon High School. We also have uh, a player from Central High School um, who has been very quality uh, for us. Um, we basically now uh, come from. The uh, I should say our pool is from the net metropolitan New Orleans area. You know we have we have kids that travel as far away from an hour to an hour and a half each day to come to training. Um, so the the commitment level you know is certainly there. Um, it's uh, it's a special group they are and, um, and and I'm very proud of them, if you can tell. Yeah, and uh, how do you get the rivalries, like especially Mandeville State Scholastica? How do you manage that? Uh, um, you know, it's it's they're all you know, it's the high school situations funny when it comes to the club soccer because everybody's so familiar with one another. Um, but you know, I will say this is that um, I would try to always to to support all of my players. And uh, by virtue of attending their high school games, my own daughter plays for Mandeville High, and I probably saw other teams play more than her than Mandeville High because I was busy supporting, you know, players on my roster who who, who play for different schools. But I will say this: after every game. All the FC Tammany girls would congregate together on the field. Uh, they would hug it out and they would take a, uh, a picture uh, that we would circulate among our team's social media platforms, internal and external, uh, as a show of solidarity, even on um, even when competing against each other. So um, they take it. They're all competitors. They take it in stride. Um, you know, you win some, you lose some on the high school level, but at the end of the day, they all know they're tigers. So. Fantastic. Well, Coach, uh, uh, I'm glad that people. Uh, this is the, your team is one of the reasons why we have this show. I hope a lot of people mm -hmm. are uh, going to discover y'all and and really try, travel to Baton Rouge and watch you play. And I hope that uh, we'll be talking to you after regionals about you going to nationals. Hey, Coach, I appreciate that. You know, that would be a wonderful story to tell. It's been one of our ambitions is to to win the Region 3 championship. Um, you know, it's going to take a lot of uh, hard work and a little bit of fortune, as always. But, uh, you know, um, I love my squad, and uh, I'm, I'm eager to, to watch them seize this opportunity. Well, Coach, uh, I wish you all the best, and I uh, loved watching you as a player. And sounds like as a coach, you're, you're equaling what you did as a player. So congratulations. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Coach. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And that was Coach Stephen Urker. And uh, uh, wow, that's all I can say about, about everything he said about this team. Uh, uh, FC Tammany, uh, uh, why why aren't there uh, – um, 
you know, like documentaries on them or at least little infomercials on them on, on, on the media. And, uh, and, I, and I guess like we said in earlier shows that a lot of people look at youth sports as, you know, you pay, you win. There's so many state and national titles, but it's not the case in, in soccer. It's really not. It's, uh, it's, it's about uh, uh, winning one championship. And um, uh, there's a lot of little championships here and there, but really we have one national champion uh, in Division One and in Division Two, the President's Cup, and uh, and that's it. So to win these things is is a huge honor, uh, not just to win uh, regionals uh, and to win nationals, but to win state as well. Uh, so um, uh, we're really really glad that we were able to give at least four teams exposure in this show. If we gave everybody exposure, the show would be hours long, but. Uh, uh, we really welcome your input, everybody. Um, uh, uh, you can contact us at MNFUTBOL. Okay, Monday Night Football is MNFUTBOL on Twitter or on uh, Facebook, our Facebook Live page. Our Facebook Live show is going to kind of focus on the overall uh, standings. And also we're going to talk a little bit about the European game and uh, what we just witnessed with the UEFA Cup. Um, and... Uh, and we'll always talk about what you want to talk about. You can get in touch with me in those two forums or on laprepsoccer.net. So may God bless you and your families. That's going to wrap it up for this week's version of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter wishing you and your family the best. Good night. <laughs>